passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode, episode 165, for the love of the game, on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's NBA Finals. We got Game 5 coming up tonight, NHL Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, the latest fights, and more. You can find it all at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V to get your bonus to get started. Bet Online, where the game starts with that said, episode 161 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Working on a weekend like usual Way off in the deep end like usual Swear they passed us, they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up No, you see my text, baby, please say something Wine by the glass, you man, a cheapskate, huh? Gotta move on my release day, huh? This is fame, not clout I don't even know what that's about Watch your mouth Baby, got an ego twice the size of the crib I can never tell it it is what it is Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back Episode 161 Recording late on a Monday night, we just finished watching the Warriors and the Celtics Game 5. I'm going to get into my thoughts in a second, but let's just say I really enjoyed the outcome of tonight's game. Packed stuff, a lot of stuff going on. Let's start with the Rangers, though. My beloved Rangers, the season has come to a close. They lose to Tampa in six games. They lose 2-1 in Game 6. Game 5, which I was in attendance to, was absolutely brutal. Madison Square Garden that night was nervous all night, all, all night. Even when they were up one nothing through the first and second period, it was nervous. All right, tied 1-1. And then you had the Ryan Strom play where he literally has a wide open net. All he has to do is tap it in. All he has to do is tap it in. And the Rangers go on to win that game. But no, they go on to lose with a mini. Ugh. Then they go on to lose with a minute and 50 seconds left. Just a brutal loss. And then in game six, once they went down 1-0, even when Vetrano scored on the power play to tie it late in the third period, I he had no confidence in them actually winning the game, coming back to win the game. Stamkos gets a weird goal. It was in Shesterkin's glove. 
out of the glove, into the goal. No game seven, season's over. Uh, a disappointing end. I mean, game three, that third period is going to haunt me forever. And game five, the Strom play is going to haunt me. But overall, it was a really great run by the Rangers. A really, really great run. I mean, they're ahead of schedule. No one predicted them to be this good this year and go this far. So I, you got to be excited about the direction the team is going. It's a lot of good young players who've made strides. You have a nice group of veterans that are locked in. Yeah, they have some free agent decisions to make. Petrano, Strom, Capo Caco, who's kind of getting phased out, which is a little weird being the second overall pick. But... For the most part, this team is going to be around for a long time. I'm sad that the Rangers season is over. What a ride it was. But the future is bright. The future is still bright. They still have one of the two best goalies in the world who's 26 years old. They've got a nice young core on defense and some forwards. Future's bright. you got to be optimistic about where the Rangers are going to be. Continuing with New York sports. New York baseball, things are good. The Yankees are still good. The Mets are still rolling. And the Mets are going to get Max Scherzer back. And Jacob deGrom is taking long toss, so they may get him back sooner rather than later as well. Good times in New York for baseball. So, as I mentioned, Game 5. Game 5 NBA Finals. Celtics lose to the Warriors 104-94. to I mean... This started out as a really ugly game, an absolute rock fight where nobody can make any shots. Kind of gross. Steph Curry, after being all worldly in game four, I mean, where he put up the 43 piece, was making absurd shots. Shot 14 for 26, making tons of threes. Had an off night. Had an off night. Didn't make any threes. Was seven for 21. Not a great night, but. When he had his first off night of the series, Andrew Wiggins stepped up in a huge, huge way. He was tremendous tonight. He's been the second best player for the Warriors all series. He was 12 of 23 tonight, 26 points, 13 rebounds. This is after having 17 points, 16 rebounds in game four to even the series in a win. Played unbelievable defense on Jason Tatum, who, by the way, takes some weird. Weird shot selection. I don't know what's going on, but Tatum's night was all right uh, overall. Jalen Brown, I mean, what is he doing? Remember how I said last episode that he sometimes can either look like prime Tracy McGrady or a G-leaguer who doesn't deserve to be starting in the league? Well, tonight he looked like that G-league player who doesn't know how to play basketball. I mean, the turnovers, just outrageous. How many turnovers? Bad turnovers in the second half. And Clay Thompson got going a little bit. Just a great team win for the Golden State Warriors. And Draymond Green, after being dreadful in games three and four, came out tonight and was good early when Curry didn't have it going, when Thompson didn't have it going. And the Warriors are now up three games to two. I said it before, I'll say it again, don't buy this Celtics team. I never bought into Marcus Smart. The numbers looked okay tonight, but just I, I, there's a couple of possessions where it's just bad, 
and it seems like in big spots, like it's just he's not the kind of point guard that a team led by a player like Jason Tatum needs. It's just a, he's not a natural floor general, and I know for the most part of this season he's been better, but I just don't believe in Marcus Smart. I don't believe in Jalen Brown being the second best player on a championship team. I don't think Al Horford, as old as he is, and as many miles as he has, is going to be a major cog on a championship winning team. And tonight, as I mentioned in the last episode, the turnovers, when they turn the ball over like crazy, they don't have the shot makers, that is the Celtics, to overcome those turnovers. The Warriors do. And again, the Warriors didn't turn the ball over tonight. I mean, had the Warriors been sloppy with the ball, it would have been a different story because Steph Curry had an off night. But if the Celtics are going to be sloppy with the ball, they're not going to win because they don't have the guys to overcome that sloppiness. They just don't. They just don't. And I can't stand Marcus Smart and his flopping ass and his stupid hair, green hair. It offends me. Grant Williams' face bothers me. I can't stand this Celtics team. The fact that they're here right now is because Scott Foster loves the Celtics and Chris Middleton got hurt. All right? I can't stand this Celtics team. I have not bought the Celtics team as a championship contender. And I'm just happy that the Golden State Warriors are one win away from the title because watching this Celtics team win a title would actually bother me. It would really, really bother me, like to my core. And you're scrolling through Twitter after the game tonight and you see like Andrew Wiggins, who, again, as I mentioned, was stellar tonight, absolutely stellar. And you see, can Andrew Wiggins steal the finals MVP from Steph Curry. It's like Steph Curry going into tonight averaged like 35 points a game on ridiculous shooting. He had one off night. All right. Let's slow down with that. Okay. Let's slow down. But good for the Warriors. It's a big win. Clay Thompson got going a little bit. Hopefully that carries over into game six. And let's go Warriors because I hate this Celtics team. And I wish nothing but bad things for the Celtics team. With that said, I'm on a little bit of a hockey high right now after the Rangers season, even though it ended. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup preview with a first-time guest in just a matter of moments. This episode of the For the Love of the Game Show on the Belief podcast is brought to you by AutoApprove. AutoApprove is an online service that makes vehicle refinancing easier and faster. AutoApprove connects vehicle owners with a network of top credit unions, banks, and finance companies to find the best available interest rates. That helps you handle the paperwork, simplifying the vehicle refinancing process from the beginning to end and putting money back in your wallet. Take your tag light to the next level with more money in your pocket. Not only will you save thousands on your auto loan with working with AutoApprove, but for all listeners that refinance through AutoApprove, they will send you $100 cash to your mailbox. That's right. They'll not only help you lower your monthly payment, but if you use auto-approve promo code slash believe, they'll send you $100 back cash back. To find out how much you can save and claim your $100 cash back again, go to autoapprove.com slash believe. Auto-approve. Save money on your car loan. Well, now that the Rangers are out, 
I was exceedingly emotionally invested in this Rangers season, obviously. I've been inspired to talk way more hockey on this podcast than I normally have in a given year. So I'm welcoming on a first-time guest, one of the more knowledgeable hockey guys that I know, to talk a little Stanley Cup preview, Dove Gross. Dove, how we doing, bud? Welcome to the show. Finally doing it. Thank you for, this is a long time coming, long time, first time, long time for me on this thing. But uh, yeah, I want to, want to send out my condolences on the Rangers there for you, bud. Well, you don't really, you don't really mean it because you're an Islander fan. Well, I got to say it, you're the host, you know, I got to, I got to play, you know, I got to come correct when I come on ATH's uh, pod. All we want is authenticity. All we want is authenticity. So I guess (laughs) I wanted to start with the Rangers first, only because, you know, their season just ended in brutal fashion. Something that I kind of yep. saw coming after they lost game three in the way they did and not going up 3-0 in that series. As an Islander fan, right? Obviously one of the Rangers' bitter rivals. How concerned of, are you, for a lack of a better word, uh, of this Rangers team having significant staying power going forward and being a thorn in the ass for the Islanders in the Eastern Conference? Well, I feel like, it, I mean, this season was like kind of like for lack of a better term clusterfuck i think that like i think i wouldn't say worry because like i don't i for example like i didn't watch all the ranger games this postseason but um there you don't need to watch all the games to know what's going on the rangers were were absolutely for real this year and they likely will be again next year's you know uh, people say like a goalie can only do too can only do so much you know, this is a type of goalie we're talking about that has legitimate staying power, can win series almost on his own, which, you know, for the lack, for the better part of maybe one a half, a series, maybe two series, he was the guy. Um, they obviously have plenty of firepower. I just, I just didn't think that they would overall, like in a seven game series, stack up against a team like Tampa. But um, I don't know. You never know. I, in the future, it's tough. The Rangers, they have a lot of money to spend coming up. So I don't know what their, you know, the, like the roster decisions are going to be. I know they have a ton of UFAs, a couple of RFAs that they have, you know, they got to deal with. But um, in terms of like the core of their team, especially their defense and goaltending. Um, yeah, the Rangers are for real. I think that I think, you know, I think they'll make a run again next year. And I say that, um, you know, kind of begrudgingly, obviously, but I do I do feel that they have staying power. Well, outside, outside of those two games or those three games in Pittsburgh, I mean, Shesterkin, who's only 26 years old, was otherworldly and was yeah. every bit as good as Vasilevsky in this series. It's just that, you know, it, it's really hard to beat a team when you're only scoring, you know, one goal a night in regulation for right. the last four games, for the last three games, excuse me. It's just. It's just and tough. The first, and, and the first two games, they put up what it was like six, five, six goals. Both games, they were they they were they put on a scoring show. Um, at the end of the day, it just comes down to depth. I think the Rangers were more heavy on the back end in goalie and defense, and Tampa was just is just a complete team from top to bottom. And they also have the experience over the last two years. Obviously, past two Cup winners. Um, they've been they've been in the playoffs for like a thousand years now. Rangers were in and out. They had some seasons where they fell. Um, don't want to mention the Islanders, but a couple of better seasons by the Islanders, not, but don't want to mention it. Uh, so I won't, 
I mentioned it on the last show. It's fine. It, it was <laughs> weird that they fired the coach after yeah. going to the Eastern Conference Finals for the last two years. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to – the Islanders are just so, such a question mark right now. There's so many things going on. They're firing coaches left and right. So I don't – like, I'm not going to give you a season preview on them because I, I literally don't know what's going on. But um, – but, uh, you know, as long as they keep their core guys, which is which is the plan. But um, but um, but yeah, I think I think it was shocking. How, I mean, Zibanejad and um, and Panarin and their big scoring guys, they were all dominant almost in terms of scoring. But they need goals from depth. You take a look at Colorado, their third and fourth line have been nuts, nuts. And that's the, those are teams that, you know, just. Those are, those are teams that take you over the hump in terms of winning series, not just the first game, second game. You have to do it for, you know, obviously four games, but it's got to come from all four lines. I just didn't think the Rangers had that depth. Well, Panarin was in and out. Like, he had his moments. Like, he had the overtime goal against Pittsburgh. But, like, that was his major moment. He had a moment in Carolina. But he didn't really have that signature moment in this Tampa series, and he's getting paid a lot of money. I mean, he's only 26 years old. He's really good, and they have him locked up. Zibanejad yeah. has been a godsend for them. I mean, they have a nice mix of veterans that aren't too over the hill. In Kreider, right. we mentioned Zibanejad, we mentioned Panarin. Uh, I mean, Keandre Miller is really young and really good. Adam Fox, really young, really good. And then you got the kids line. I mean, they're they, they have an interesting situation with Capo Caco. Uh, he was the yeah. second overall pick and they're kind of phasing him out which is a little weird yeah he was he was scratched for game six and they, they and a healthy scratch a healthy scratch people were, were wondering what was going on with him um he's an rfa this year uh so i don't know i i i don't know how how aggressive rangers management gets at this at this point especially especially after going this far in the playoffs it's like they have a lot of questions to answer ryan strom too i feel like he's not he hasn't been like a fan favorite. He wasn't a fan favorite on the Islanders, but like he's underproduced. He was playing with Panarin all year long and he was a dud basically in the playoffs. Was he not? I'm not sure. Like, well, but... he also single-handedly murdered about 15,000 people collectively when he had the wide essentially open. an empty net tip in, in game five to seal a win and didn't do so. Listen, there's always going to be one. There's always going to be one or two of those uh, a, a series where you look back and say, well, like, you know, if that does, if that goes in, the, the series changes, and of course, it's on Ryan Strom's stick, that which is just yeah. You know, it's just well, classic, that but. it's that moment and the Jacob Truba penalty in the in Game Three, where Stamco they're up two one, up two zero in the series. Stamkos then immediately scores a power play goal, and it's just like, and all the airs let out of the building. But whatever, that's enough Rangers talk. They're done. It's a little <laughs> sad, but I want to talk about Tampa for a second. Because your New York Islanders are the gold standard of dominance in terms of a three to four year window, really five year window for them when they won four straight cups and went to a fifth straight in 1984. This Tampa thing is incredible because it's kind of approaching that. Like they're not that far off. Like how, where does this run stack in NHL history, obviously, given that, you know, we had a couple of weird COVID years in the, in the mix, but still pretty impressive. No, I think I think it was harder to win in the bubble than it was. I mean, it's not. Well, I shouldn't say harder, but they had a lot more obstacles 
to deal with that season. And they had one of the most dominant seasons ever. It was a weird season, no question. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think I would say three in a row for hockey, especially, which is extremely difficult, extremely. You don't, you don't see that. Um, you know, you look at sports like basketball, baseball, sometimes, well, I don't know about baseball, but um, hockey two in a row is extremely hard. Three in a row is really just near impossible. I would say three gets you in dynasty, you know, conversation. Um, but, and this, I guess, you know, maybe leads into the, to the finals talk, but um, I think they are not the team that they were in the last two years. It's a different looking team. And it's also um, obviously to point out the obvious, they're playing a much, much harder opponent, I think, than they have in either of those two cups they've won. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really interesting series. I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's good hockey right there. It, I mean, the NBA, winning three straight in anything yeah. is damn near impossible. I mean, it hasn't happened in the NBA in about 20 years. Really? Okay. Yeah, the last, the last team to do it was the, uh, the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. They won in 2000, 2001, and 2002. It hasn't happened since. LeBron didn't do it with the Heat uh the warriors didn't do it they won two straight but not three straight three straight's a whole different deal uh-huh. yeah yeah it is and i and and maybe like going off of what i was saying like they say the the stanley cup is like the hardest trophy to win in sports i don't know who says that but people say that so maybe that's kind of where i'm going with like you know that many cups in a row um uh, a really really like difficult and impressive thing to do so um, for sure, it puts them in the category there. I mean, how, how could you not, you know? It kind of hurts. Core, and the core has been with them throughout. So, yeah. which is. And part of that core is, is a couple of uh, ex New York Rangers that were traded there. But what, what can you do? We got a couple of first round picks out of it. There's, o- there's um, always some. There's always some coming from the, the Rangers, the Islanders in some way, in some shape or matter. Has to be, right? Just, you know, just pour some extra dirt on it while. while you're already at it. So the Stanley Cup finals, Avalanche, Lightning. The Avalanche basically set a record for points in a year. Uh, the opening line is that the Avalanche are favored to win the whole Stanley Cup. They're minus 180. If you want to uh, bet the Tampa Bay Lightning to win, it's plus 155 for the Lightning. So Vegas thinks the Avalanche is a huge favorite. Something about this series tells me that it's not going to be as easy for the Avalanche as people make it out to be, even though they have been rested going into game one. Uh, I, I don't think you can discount a team that's been there and done that many a times over now. What do you think about this series in terms of just a, a high-level overview? I mean, do you think it, the Avalanche are going to walk over the Lightning, or do you think this is going to be a little bit more of a, uh, a longer, drawn-out series? Right. So, I mean, as you're well aware, I've told you, you know, you know, in person and whatnot, when we've talked, been been extremely high on Colorado since before the playoffs started, because I knew what type of team this was. And every year, Colorado gets touted as like maybe the one or two um, top teams, um, especially coming out of the West, and they never get over the hump. And I said this year, they just they are just more dominant than they've been. And they are more complete as like, in terms of four full lines they've got issues though and um as you said um 
So, so in the beginning, yes, I felt, I felt even with Tampa as dominant as they've been and making it back to the finals, I still thought Colorado was going to roll through in maybe five games or so. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. And um, uh, one of the main reasons is I, I, I just saw today that, um, you know, Braden Point, who was out for this, which, which is, by the way, more impressive for Tampa even, even more. So they didn't have, you know, their, arguably their best score. Um, but he's, uh, they're saying, extremely probable to play in the finals. So that gives Tampa just another, you know, not just an edge, but a boost in confidence heading into playing a team like this. Um, but uh, overall, if I were to give a prediction, I think Colorado will figure out a way. They haven't lost more than, I'm pretty sure this playoffs, more than a game uh, in a row. Um, I don't, don't fact check me on that. I've watched all their games. I don't think they've lost two in a row. I'm, I'm almost positive. Um, so yeah, just four insane lines. They can all score. Um, their third and fourth line have been crazy. Um, but, um, and that's, that's without pointing the obvious of their first line being, you know, the best line in hockey with Landon Scott, McKinnon, Nachushkin. And then they have insane second liners too, even with Kadri being out, he's injured now and they're still deep. They've had injuries all year long and they still managed to, you know, get a million wins. But um, but I will say the experience for Tampa, the fact that they made it here again, they have the goalie edge, Vasilevsky, probably the best goalie in the world right now, him and him and uh, Shesterkin, I'd say one and two or something like that. Um, Colorado's had goalie issues all playoffs long, yet they still managed to win games. Kemper went out, Francois went in, he, won, he had a couple of shutouts, then he lost, Kemper went back in. So they're back and forth. They don't have like a, a, a standout goalie, but they're that good that they win games no matter what. So it's like, you know, how could you count them out? So I don't know if point comes back, we're looking at probably a much deeper series. Maybe I'll be eating my words and Tampa will put some wins together, but I just don't, I, I just watching Colorado, the way they come at teams, they're absolutely relentless. They just don't give, they don't give teams anything. And um, they also have the, they also have the season series when with Tampa as well. So um, we'll see, you know, Stanley cup finals, a different animal. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Rangers beat Tampa 3-0 in the regular season and really didn't yeah. matter a whole heck of a lot when no. it came to the playoffs. And Tampa has not lost the home. They've lost one home playoff game the entire, you know, playoff series, right? You know, the entire playoffs, which right. is crazy. Yeah. And that was in the first round against the Maple Leafs. Yeah. And, they, and, and Colorado starts at home, I believe. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Tampa can, can get a split on the road. Um, I think if they want to win this series, they have to get one at home, uh, one on the road. And Colorado, I'm pretty positive Colorado hasn't lost a game on the road this season, this postseason. So let me ask you about Colorado. Obviously, you said that this was an insanely talented team the last couple of years, couldn't get over the hump, that this year is different. Besides for the depth that they must have, is it a style of play that's different? Is it just one guy taking a leap that's different? Like what is what makes this Colorado team extra dangerous? Um, well, I, I I mean yes, style of play in terms of just just you asked like when teams are asked about Colorado, they're just like they're just the fastest team. They come, they don't stop coming at you, but. I would say like if there was like a, a specific factor, I'd say special teams, their their power play is I'm, I'm not looking at numbers right now because obviously we're doing things on the fly. But um, I, I, I think even in the regular season, they were they had, you know, maybe the, one of the best um, power plays in, in the in the NHL um, penalty kill looks great. 
Um, have, we haven't even talked about their defense, uh, which is the most talented top two defenseman maybe in the NHL right now. Uh, probably the best defenseman in the game right now and probably will be for the next 10 years in Makar, who's just an absolute animal. Um, he's he's getting better every series, so I'd imagine he's going to do some special is stuff. Is he improving the on the defensive end, though? I mean, we he, all know how has, talented he is as an offensive defenseman. I mean, he's there, the best there in the are world. Holes. There are holes there for sure because, you know, he likes to he likes to cheat in a bit, um, but it's not glaring. I wouldn't say it's glaring. He's pretty on top of it defensively too. They they isolate and and look at his plays on defense. He stops guys. He hits without taking penalties. Um, no, he is he's not a guy you need to worry about on the defensive end just because he's you know offensively minded. But he plays with Devontae's, who's an ex Islander, of course. Couldn't hold on to the best defenseman. Why not? Um, but yeah, no, just dominant and 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 both of them are just studs on the power play. I just think there's too much firepower. And Tampa, and and, and by the way, usually the re- that recipe doesn't really add up well for the, for for the cup or for the playoffs. It's it's not it's not talent that's going to win you games. It's, you know, it's 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 how hard you work and it's all those clichés. It's it's a and Tampa has that, um but um after watching Colorado in this playoffs, they they, you know, I just feel like they have that they have all the, you know, have the recipe for what they need to do but i'm excited to watch it it's going to be a lot of talent you know it's gonna be fun is tampa good enough to win a game five three or five four yeah i mean colorado has lost some pretty some pretty decent like decent scoring games this year um you know when they lose they can lose so they're not they're not perfect and tampa is tampa so like of course, um, you go back to the goaltending, like it, anything can happen and, and put Tampa on the power play. Yeah, they can score some goals, get a shorthanded goal, whatever it is. But yeah, Colorado Colorado has opened themselves up to getting scored on. Um, again, they're more of an offensive team than defensive. So so for sure it can happen. Yeah. Now I was going to say that on the flip side, on the flip side, is Colorado disciplined enough defensively to win a game 2-1 if they need to? Yeah, well, that's the thing that separates them is that is that a lot of the games that they've won against, especially against St. Louis and then Edmonton, they were down in a bunch of those games. They were some of the craziest games I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, you know, they're on steroids not, not, like those games. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, the the Edmonton series was it, it, they swept them, but it, it should it didn't look like a sweeping series. I mean, you the the, the McDavid dry saddle line were unreal as expected, but they still just couldn't. They just weren't deep enough as Colorado was. So, and that becomes the factor can they win a tight game i definitely think so i definitely think so because they they've won a lot of games being down so if it takes a goal to you know uh we'll see we'll see the only the only question is really is goaltending number one and two is like the bright lights of the cup the colorado hasn't been in the stanley cup final since 2001 and it's crazy because they've been touted as like the league's best team for the last couple of years um, at least in the regular season and stuff but they finally made it over the hump to get here so I think they're probably the most motivated they've ever they've ever been. They probably really want to beat a team that's won two cups in a row. So if you had to pick one matchup, right? Obviously, we're recording this on a Monday. Game one is on a Wednesday, right? So it, yeah. you don't know exactly what lines are going to match up. But if you had to pick one matchup that you're looking for that could potentially swing the series uh, in either direction, what would it be? Matchup meaning player matchup? Yeah, I mean, take take the goalies aside. Like, say, like the third line for Colorado yeah. versus 
versus, you know, the top pairing for the defense, you know, defense for Tampa. I mean, not that that would be, not that they would be matched up or something, but like, what would be the, you know, a key difference maker for Colorado? What would be a key difference maker for Tampa in terms of potentially swinging a series? I think, I think every game that Colorado has won where the third line was the dominant line and they've won a couple of games. They have this guy, JT Comper, who scored maybe six or seven goals in the regular season. And he's been, or maybe more, but he's he's been an absolute beast scoring like very key goals. If you can't stop Colorado's third line, then you're not going to stop their first two. And they're going to be, they're just going to shove it down your throat. Matchup wise, um, I think Tampa has th- like three really solid lines of defense. So, you know, you look, you look at a guy like McDonough or, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not going down the line, but like I would say if their top line, if their top two defensive lines can slow down the second, third, you know, those those lines, if the the grinding lines can't get in on them, then, you know, maybe they have a shot of slow of slowing Colorado down. But, um, you know, again, it's it's all about depth, especially in the playoffs. But look for, you know, I look for McKinnon, who's having like a con Smythe, you know, um, uh, playoffs. He's on a tear like he always is. Uh, look for him to just go nuts. I think he's going to want to score like 15 goals this series. So it's going to be fun. McKinnon versus Hedman. And then if point comes back, you got a point going against the best, you know, I guess, offensive defenseman in McCarr and, and Taze, who's also offensively good, but he's a much more of a shutdown guy um, point against those guys. I mean, it's what more could you ask for? It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if we had to give you uh, if you had to make a prediction, Let's go. Uh, what What do you got? Oh, let's go. Let's go Colorado in six games. I give Tampa credit. They've you know they 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 they're here for a reason. They got to make some noise, right? Yeah. I. You know what? I'm not a super expert. I would say, let's go Colorado in seven. I like it. Colorado in seven. What's better than a game seven? We 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 hope for good things. By the way, I love Colorado's jerseys. I think they oh, have the, the coolest best. jerseys in the NHL. Like I kind of wish I was, you know, from Denver because I would wear a Colorado Avalanche jersey if I was a Denver Absolute local. It'd be jersey. awesome. It's and 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 it's been around a while that jersey, and it's and it never gets old. Different exactly. variations, and they've always been great. Yeah, yeah, really clean. I think. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't remember what I was going to say, but uh, but but I now you got me now you got me juice for these for this postseason. So so you got go. Colorado in six. I got Colorado in seven. Before I let you go, I want. I think to people talk- are going to think I'm I'm legitimately a, a, an Avalanche fan, which I guess I am right now because it's like when the Islanders are out. What who who else am I rooting for? What else am I supposed to do? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a really fun team. Well, you mentioned to me that you basically record games and you watch all their games, so you are. When I miss. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the hockey purist to me, but like, I, I basically didn't miss a playoff game this year, like between all, all, almost all the games. So that's, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little crazy when it comes to that. You for the Colorado Avalanche is like me for, you know, Giannis games. Yeah. I love Giannis. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan, but it's Giannis. It, like I'm yeah. a Giannis guy. You like watching the same thing. Players do like greatness. Thing. You like watching dominant players do their thing. It's like watching you shoot threes in the corner. <laughs> My three ball's <laughs> been a little off recently. Uh, full disclosure. Uh, I've been I've been more of a mid range assassin and going to the basket these days. Um, before I, like I let it. you go, I wanted to ask you a quick question. That's it. The NHL as a whole is having a major come up, right? 
major come up in terms of national notoriety. I think the TNT and ESPN deals have been unbelievable for the sport. I know that's not saying a whole heck of a lot. That's like, you know, a real chiddish, as we would say, <laughs> but it's uh, from your perspective, who's been a hockey guy for the longest time. And you've seen the Gary Bettman era. You witnessed them miss an entire season for a lockout. Seeing where the sport is now, like, how do you feel about it? Like, just put it into perspective, like, in terms of kind of like, you know, watching fondly over like a baby growing up a little bit. Like, what are your yeah. feelings going on right now? Describe it. Well, I mean, I would say, I mean, I thousand percent agree with you on the, on the um, TV, the TV deals have done insane, insanely good things in terms of like for the, for the average fan, you look at the last 10 years or so, or maybe less of the, of the playoffs that were on on NBC sports. You had, I mean, people weren't watching average games. You have them on national televised uh, um, channels like TNT and, and ESPN. I mean, NBC was national, but you know, nobody knew where that, where to freaking find that channel. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's good for the game. Number one. And number two, it's like, um, hockey for for whatever reason always sort of took like a back seat to like your 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 average sports fan i don't want to quote boomer but um nobody cares about hockey um well that well that was correct that was that was craigie right craigie said that to boomer um yes. but 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 people people took to that i feel like people um not not enough people were were watching casually as i would say you had your fans who who love the sport but like not not enough casual watchers you're getting a lot of casual watchers now and what I really think does it is this, like the way the NHL is makes has teams now. Like the players right now are just like better than ever. It's it's actually crazy. Like the skill level, the amount of goals. People want to see more goals. People want to see better players. And you have kids coming up who are 17, 18, 19 years old who are NHL ready. Uh, in past years, that was kind of a thing of the past or, or just not, you know, something that wasn't really uh, um, uh, normal. So, yeah, skill level, national eyes on casual, you know, casual watchers um, watching the game. I definitely think it's grown, but I don't think it'll ever, you know, it won't be it won't ever be like, you know, the way people view football or people view, you know, basketball or whatever. Um, and is that just so. because the the barrier to entry in terms of playing the sport is just yeah. higher? Like Correct. that's just the way it is. Yeah, a lot, not a lot of people play hockey. Um, uh, I I I think I think a lot of it has to do with like where you come from. Like you know, the culture is different in a lot of different places, different cities that you come from, Canada or or uh, Minnesota or whatever. Um, here on the East Coast, it's just not as big. But hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, these TV deals and the skill and all that that I just mentioned, hopefully that that um, ramps it up. People, casual watchers keep watching. So we'll see. Now, last, last question. The hockey fan on Twitter. The old school hockey fan gets very annoyed by the casual fan that comes in and out. And I, I've become more of a hockey guy over the years because i think right. the product is awesome uh i know there are a bunch of you know old-time hockey dudes that that kind of shun me as my my newfound hockey you know fandom per se 
where do you stand? Are you like the more the merrier or are you one of those old crotchety guys? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know where I fall because I, I've taken a, a, a pretty big hiatus on Twitter over the last few years. I have not, I haven't even. Probably haven't, good for your mental health. That's a good yeah, idea. It's just like, I would find myself in arguments with people that like, it's I, that I just never really, I, it's just, it's just, it's just faceless, pointless arguments to me. I mean, that's what sports is all about is like, it's kind of arguing about your team and arguing about games and things like that. But I don't really, I don't really ask like, Oh, how long have you been watching hockey? Like you're not allowed to watch it. Like that's to me, that's like extremely silly. You want, you want to grow the game. You want people, more people watching um, hockey Twitter though. I mean, you know what it's like. It, it's, it, it's a jungle in there. People are really, really passionate. And I think because of the reasons we mentioned earlier is like hockey is not as big. So people take a lot of pride in like having that be their sport. So it's like, you know, the passion just, just bleeds, I guess. And Twitter's a, Twitter's just a really nice, you know, fun, loving, respectful place to, to give your opinion on that. So, um, I think, uh, who knows, maybe, maybe, uh, more eyes on it will, uh, will breed, more respect on Twitter, but that's a fat chance. Well, that, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty well said. All right, Dove, I know this was last minute. So yeah, uh, I, first of all, I wanted to thank you for uh, making your debut. Pretty good debut for, uh, for a last minute, cobble it together. Uh, I'll obviously be talking to you throughout the Stanley Cup finals. And if you're buying one Avalanche jersey, are you going McKinnon or are you going Makar? Uh, it's got to be Makar gotta be McCarr only because he's like the lesser known but I mean McKinnon you can't you can't go wrong I, I'd say those two guys are the reasons that I like kind of fell in love with that team so it's 1A and 1B but McCarr is just to, to see a defenseman doing what he's doing stud absolute stud if he scores 35 goals a year I mean it's gonna be pretty absurd uh, he is a point machine I'm really interested to see how much he gets paid when it's time and um, well, he's signed on, he's signed on, but, um, how, how, how productive he's going to be every year He's just, he's just growing and growing and he's so young. I think he's only 20 or, or maybe 21 now. Who's going to make more in his next contract? This is the last, last question. <laughs> Kale McCarr or Paul Bizanet calling the games, you know, being the studio guy for TNT because he's an absolute, he's the Charles Barkley of hockey. He is something he's absolutely a, a force to be reckoned with out there. He's just taking names. He knows exactly what his role is too. I love it. He, he, he like, he plays into it so much. And, and well, I mean, listen now with that haircut, he, he deserves a, he deserves a hefty pay raise. So I hope he, I hope he gets, gets what he gets, what he gets coming to him. He's unbelievable. Best. Unbelievable. Viva la stool. Shout, shout out to Barstool Sports. Uh, spitting chicklets. Yeah, we, we've we've been there forever. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing to see them grow. It's amazing to see the NHL grow. The Stanley Cup Finals are going to be awesome. I think it's going to be super entertaining. I'm going to be more plugged in this year uh, than I have been in a while. And it's great. Oh, yeah. Dove, this was awesome. Finally got a chance to chop it up a little bit on, on the show, put stuff on wax, and uh, we'll speak soon. Thanks so much for doing it, man. Thank you, man. I, this is a, a long time coming. I'm, All your I'm, dreams came true today. All of them. They did. They really did. And you, 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 uh, you held my hand through the whole thing. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate you, bud. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. All right, man.
Thanks again to first-time guest. Finally had him on, Mr. Dove Gross, for talking a little NHL, some Stanley Cup preview. I think he did pretty well for his first time, all things considered. I sprung this on him late. I think he did a good job, as I told him before. But anyway, good stuff from him. That's episode 161. For the love of the game, take us out, Drake and Future. I'm in the loop with the voo. I'm in the loop with the woo. Which one you working? I put your face on the news. I put the on the shirt. After I murk it, make go shoot up the hearse. Cost me a quarter bird. It's birthday, you a maniac, an alien. How you spurting? Got that kitty cat. I'm having fun with that. Going Birkin. Hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the finger, look. Ooh, I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and all the models. Draw three dollars on the rain, call it been the truck, look. Ooh, I was in the trap, serving cocaine, they ain't been the same since. Ooh, hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the finger, look. Hundred thousand on the cheapest ring on the finger, look. Yeah, hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the finger, look. Hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.